there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Longshot is a production of McClatchy Studios and iHeartRadio. Previously on Payback. My son has sat in my training sessions as a baby, like in his stroller by himself. You reach my granny, she's not available, leave a message. Bye. I will be like, go, enjoy the game. He's going to be okay here. For the shot! Yeah! Jess McDonald does it again! I get a text from Jill Ellis right after the game. I might be going into camp. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to have you say your name, but in a sentence. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Hello, guys. My name is Jeremiah Stewart, and it's been really fun hanging out with my mom. Over the past year, I've spent countless hours talking to Jess and her teammates and coaches and friends and sports psychologists and others about her journey and the challenges she's overcome as a single mom. And Jess's story contains so many different kinds of struggle and perseverance and growth. Sometimes we get to watch movies together. But hers is not the only story unfolding here in her home. I think my favorite might be Iron Man. My other favorite is the Sonic movie. He can like go faster than light speed. Jeremiah's last name is Stuart, like his father. But the boy Jess calls String Bean is bonded to her like no other. And she's as protective of Jeremiah as you might imagine. As far as I know, I'm the first reporter she's let interview him about the busy life he's already led and the challenges that he's overcome on this journey. 
You're doing so good. <laughs> what has your mom taught you? Take care of yourself. Eat. Hydrate. Um, Come, give me a little credit. I teach you something. <laughs> oh, you're teaching me to um, clean my lunchbox every day from camp. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Cleaning. <laughs> yes, very important. And sure, he's an energetic ten-year-old. So we talked a lot about karate and climbing trees and his favorite movies. But in quieter moments, it seemed clear that among the things Jeremiah has gotten from his mother is an understated perspective about the roads we travel and a search for stability in the midst of larger transitions. Well, yeah, sometimes I want things like a little balanced instead of curved. Because when it's curved, things are not worked out properly. So when things are worked out properly, then everything would be fine. Back in late 2018, that elusive balance felt further away than ever for Jeremiah and his mom. As Jess's championship season reopened professional doors that she thought had been closed for good. At home, that success would perhaps present the stiffest challenge yet. I went into every camp with this chip on my shoulder because I was doing it for my kid. Doing it for the sacrifice that I was making in that moment, and I had to take advantage of that. And that's exactly what I did. From the Charlotte Observer, Raleigh News and Observer, McClatchy Studios, and iHeartRadio, this is Payback. I'm Alexandreev, and this is Part 8, My Other Half. In the fall of 2018, Jess was at home near Raleigh, riding high off her second NWSL championship. Even U.S. national team head coach Jill Ellis had noticed her performance. It was all tremendous, as Ellis had texted her. She was MVP. She scored two of the three goals. Dan Rockaway. I remember her getting a text, and she was like, wow, I got a text from Joe Ellis. I said, how does she have your number? Well, I guess Joe has everybody's number, which is amazing. <laughs> Jess had reason to hope that maybe her national team dreams weren't dead yet. Could she really make the U.S. roster at 30 years old? And now I'd like to present our 2018 NWSL Championship Most Valuable Player. Congratulations, Jessica McDonald. But following that 2018 league championship, Jess had a more pressing question on her mind. Where was she going to live next month? NWSL teams at the time often provided shared apartments for players, and sometimes housing stipends so players could find their own accommodations. But only during the season. League champion or not, Jess's season was now over. So what happens is these 22-year-olds come out of college to play and they're hoping to get called up to the USA camps. Dan Rockaway was as surprised as many of the players the first time he learned about their pay scale. During that championship 2018 season, Jess said she was paid roughly $30,000. And when I found out that they usually have to get other jobs and I was like, how can these people pay this much? This is ridiculous. It could be easy to paint the NWSL as stingy, especially in its early years. Certainly, no one claims it's good that pro athletes are working second jobs in the offseason to make ends meet. And especially for a single mom like Jess, who was dependent on her NWSL pay because she wasn't on the national team roster. Those concerns are valid. I was worried if I was even going to be able to feed my kid without, you know, having to worry about finances at the end of the month. You know, oh gosh, what are we going to do this last week? But, to be fair, there is another valid consideration here. And that's the general solvency of the league. 
So historically, U.S. soccer supported the NWSL very substantially, including substantial financial assistance and other administrative support. Uh, And that was really instrumental in starting the NWSL in 2013. Jamie Wine is a partner at the law firm of Latham & Watkins. She's represented the U.S. Soccer Federation since 2020. And so in the early years, U.S. soccer support for the NWSL, I think, amounted to more than $20 million, which was comprised of, you know, paying salaries to all of the U.S. women's national team players who were allocated to play in the NWSL uh, up to a certain number of players. I think it was 22. And that was in addition to the salary that they were getting for being women's national team players. And so there was significant financial support. A large part of the NWSL's stability as a league can be attributed to that financial support from U.S. soccer. The WUSA and WPS before it didn't have the same support, and it's clear where those leagues ended up. The NWSL has long operated with what might feel like ruthless financial efficiency, but at least it still operates. There were some basically failed attempts to have a a women's soccer league in the U.S., And U.S. soccer was really supportive of setting up a league that would be able to thrive so that the women's national players would have a league to play in in the U.S. and and not have to go outside of the country to play professionally if they didn't want to. The NWSL didn't have a players association until 2017. And when Jess stepped off the plane in Raleigh a year later, championship game MVP trophy in hand. Congratulations, Jessica McDonald. The league still hadn't legally recognized the players' union. And as Jess was scrambling to figure out where she and her son would live for the coming months, the news got better. Or worse. Or at least a little more complicated. End of October 2018, I get an email from the national team saying that I got invited to November camp, which is a two-week camp in Portugal. (laughs) Obviously, that was an immediate yes from me. Jess was getting another shot at making the national team. That congratulatory text from Jill Ellis suddenly seemed like the start of something big. But Jeremiah was starting something big as well. Elementary school. I had to think about Jeremiah, though. He's in school full-time. He's in the first grade during that time. But I couldn't bring him to Portugal for two weeks because he couldn't miss school. You know, I'm a single mom here in North Carolina. I have no family here. I'm like, oh, crap. What Jess and Jeremiah did have, however, was the Rockaways. And they had a guest room for Jess and even a home office they could turn into a room fit for a six-year-old. I remember her saying, I got called up, I got called up, this is great. I'm just talking to them at dinner, family dinner, and it's two weeks of Portugal, but like, stuff with Jeremiah, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're like, okay, so why don't you just come and live with us until your next season begins? Right then and there, Dan was just like, we love you guys. You guys are over here all the time anyway. We love Jeremiah. Go. Don't worry about Jeremiah. Go. Like, make the World Cup team. This is huge. Let us help you. And we'd fill in when, you know, when she was gone. We'd fill in her role. I was like, okay, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, absolutely. So Jeremiah and I moved in within days. And it was kind of the start of an awesome stay. She stayed with us for two years. Soon, Jess had a plane ticket to Portugal. Jeremiah had a new house to call home. And the Rockaways, devoted parents of a teenage daughter. Well... They got a crash course in raising a little boy. We'll tell you all about that after this. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta Visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I'm Sarmian, and we're doing Nerf guns with me and my mom right there, mom. Okay, so we're starting. Are you ready? Jess's son, Jeremiah, was born in 2012. By the time they moved in with the Rockaways, Jeremiah had already lived with her in Phoenix, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, Houston, New York, and North Carolina. There were even a few months they spent in Germany during one of Jess's off-seasons, when she earned extra money playing for a club there, as opposed to packing boxes at Amazon. Oh yeah, I see how it is. <laughs> in this video from Twitter, Jeremiah is dressed head-to-toe in a black Miles Morales Spider-Man suit, and he's diving behind half-walls at home, 
while he and Jess fire Nerf gun darts at each other. I see your hand. For one of our final interviews for this podcast, Jess and Jeremiah invited me into their home. On this day, Jeremiah wasn't dressed as Spider-Man or Batman, but rather Toothless, the dragon, in jeans and a black hoodie adorned with little ears and big yellow eyes. At almost five feet tall already, Jeremiah seems to have inherited Jess's height. And in almost every other way I could see, he's very much his mother's son. We've definitely had a lot of fun together. And we're trying to make it to the goal where we can travel all around the world. Jeremiah was relaxed when I spoke with him, and almost philosophical at times. But Jess told me not to be fooled. He's got her raw, competitive edge. And the quality time they spend together is very much theirs together. We read most nights before bedtime. Jeremiah could barely hold it together, as Jess told me a favorite story from a while ago. Reading a book, and he just rips a little fart. And we both just bust out laughing. And I just look at him, and I'm just like, kid, oh my god. And he's like on his bed, you guys, just crying laughing. And so we have like these crazy, weird, like normal family moments where this kid will just do something unexpectedly and then just bust out laughing. I really think I have a class clown on my hands. Back in 2018, when Jess and Jeremiah moved in with the Rockaways, it was an adjustment for everyone. It meant another new home for Jeremiah, a new school, and new chores, like setting the table for dinner every night. Maybe more than anything, there at the Rockaways, he effectively had a new big sister. At first, Jeremiah did not like the new additions to his family and the idea that he had to share his mom with us and we are eight years apart, so it was difficult finding similarities to bond over. Isabel Rockaway is 18 years old and has been fine-tuning her essays for college applications. Here, she's reading me one of her admissions essays. It took Jeremiah and me a few months of ups and downs before we formed a solid relationship, but eventually Jeremiah became my other half. Isabel told me she bridged that gap when she discovered just how persuasive Legos and ice cream can be. Meanwhile, has just prepared for another national team camp in Portugal. Dan and Marta Rockaway suddenly had something like a son and someone jumping on their couch. Well, we have a daughter and having a boy is completely different. So when Jeremiah came, we had to get used to the sliding down the steps on your butt, farting. I mean, you name it. Little boys do that and that's normal and we weren't used to that. So we had to adjust. Of course, it's hard for a six-year-old when their mom is away for a few days, much less a few weeks. There are often tears from both Jess and Jeremiah when she heads to the airport, even just for away games. And they generally FaceTime every day she's on the road. I will talk to Jessica, say, Jessica, right now, he's reading these books. He's interested in this and that. So she will always use all these pieces of information to just connect with him. To say, well, Jeremiah, I know you're learning about spiders. And then, oh, how did you know? Marta Rockaway's parents still live in her native Colombia. So she knows how hard it is to be separated from family. I think that that was helpful in a way. Just understanding that he was sad, validating his feelings about missing his mom. And we were not like, oh, don't worry about that. We were like, oh, we understand. We know you're very sad. 
Marta Rockaway told me she knew Jeremiah had turned a corner the first time she went to get him up in the morning and found that he wasn't in his room. He decided to sleep in Isabel's room with her. And as Jeremiah became more comfortable there, the Rockaways saw another trait Jeremiah had inherited from his mom. Protectiveness for those he cares about. When Jeremiah like and I got really close, Jeremiah would always start sticking up for me like a little brother. It was so cute. Isabel Rockaway. I would talk about something that I'd want to do and stuff. And my parents would be like, oh, like, no, like, you can't do that or something. Jeremiah would be like, oh, yes, she can. Like, she can do whatever she wants. And he'd always, like, stick up for me. It would be so cute. We'd always have each other's backs. Jeremiah's become a minor celebrity in his own right at Jess's games. TV cameras love a child dressed like that man. And you can sometimes catch Jeremiah signing autographs of his own after the game. And he clearly has a sense of the larger conversations happening off the field, too, even if his scale is a little bit off. I would definitely wish that each soccer game she does, she would get also equal pay. And after that, to get $1,000. These days, Jeremiah plays a variety of sports, just like his mom did at this age. And he enjoyed telling me about karate and what he described as the ninja kick he'd recently learned. But it's possible Jeremiah's gifts might ultimately end up being more intellectual. It's very fun to learn about math, subtraction, and division. Jeremiah's already been through a Roblox phase, and he told me he now has a new favorite activity. Like a speed cuber game. It's like it teaches you how to like solve a Rubik's Cube, and then once you learn then you can solve a Rubik's Cube and become a speed cuber. He's not kidding about that. Go. This 11-second video just posted online shows Jeremiah at home with a scrambled Rubik's Cube in hand. What? And a clever mind at work. Let me see all the sides. Show me all the sides. He smiles at the camera, a finished cube in his tiny hand. What? Over his young life, Jeremiah has proven to be as adaptable as his mother, And he was again in late 2018, as Jess turned her focus to a new national team camp. But as Jeremiah gets older, family dinners, the bedtime stories, and showing off with the Rubik's Cube only go so far over FaceTime. Jess knows she's not the only one who's given a lot for her career. He's such an easygoing kid. When I know my kid's good, my career is going to be good. So I went into every camp knowing, like, my kid's okay. He's, he's good. He's in good hands. You know, there's obviously people that I trust with my own life, obviously. And so I'm making a name for myself at this point. And, you know, I'm the only mom, too, on the team as well. And I'm just like this outcast, this underdog with chip on her shoulder. I was doing it for my kid, doing it for the sacrifice that I was making in that moment. And I had to take advantage of that. Just seven months from next summer's World Cup in France, the U.S. women's national team continues their road to a hopeful repeat. The red, white, and blue in search of a 500th win in program history. Just outside Lisbon, Jess made her triumphant return to the pitch for the U.S. women's national team. Head coach Jill Ellis invited 22 players to that camp in Portugal, 15 of whom had been playing for the national team for the past few months. Ellis was clearly narrowing in on her final roster for 2019. But in that November friendly versus host Portugal, there was still a little room for experimentation. 
NWSL fans are going to be very excited to see Jess McDonald getting only her second cap for the United States up front. And her first start for the U.S. as well. Kickoff here. Jess was one of five forwards in camp, and by that time, was the second leading goal scorer in NWSL history. Jess had just finished that monster 2018 season as MVP in the league championship game, and Ellis was curious to see what she could do for the red, white, and blue. And Jess was determined to make it count exactly as she'd done in that NWSL title game. She had to win the championship. She had to be the MVP because there would have been a national team. She had to. Here's Phoenix College coach Dave Cameron. I don't know if that was in her head at the time that she needed to, but she made it happen. And that catapulted her to the national team, which she still had to do something amazing. For nearly the entire first half, Portugal played the U.S. to a draw. Until, in the 42nd minute, U.S. defender Crystal Dunn charged down the right side of the field with the ball. And Jess sprinted through the penalty box toward the goal. Dunn into the box. She found McDonald. What a stop. McDonald again. Goal! Jess ran toward the sideline and hugged Dunn. Then other teammates raced over to congratulate her. It was the only goal of the friendly, and Jess's game winner secured the national team its historic 500th victory. And there it is, the final whistle. The U.S. 1-0 victors. The goal coming in the 42nd minute from Jessica McDonald. The game winner for the 500th win for the national team. She had to do little things like that nonstop to have the opportunity. Dave Cameron. Which is crazy. And then, what, two years before that, she was homeless. She had so many barriers, and she got through each one of them. Head coach Jill Ellis continued tinkering with the roster for the following week's friendly versus Scotland. Justin didn't start that match, but she got quality minutes as a substitute in the second half, and the U.S. won that game one to nothing. National team camp broke for the holidays, but Jess was invited back in January 2019, then again in February and March, and again in April. They were all incredible steps toward her dream of making the national team roster, Though even her biggest fans in North Carolina acknowledged that stretch came with some difficulties. You know, she wasn't here for more than a month before she started leaving for the USA camp. Dan Rockaway. There were months straight that she's gone for two weeks out of the month. And that was a huge adjustment for Jeremiah, not being with his mother and stuff for two weeks at a time. When they, she'd go away to a game for the NWSL for the courage, it would be a couple days. But two weeks, you know, that's a long time. There's something of an irony there. Jess was glad to tell me that the U.S. Soccer Federation treats moms well, at least compared to the NWSL, which she says still has a ways to go. The most amazing thing with the national team is that they do support moms. You know, they hire nannies during camps. You know, they fly them out, they house them, they feed them, they pay them. You know, it's, it's very supportive, 100%. That's largely a product of those original negotiations by Akers, Bowdy, and Fawcett's generation of players back in 2000. Each successive national team collective bargaining agreement built on those childcare benefits. They handle everything. They fly your kid out, they fly the nanny out, you know, just stress-free. It's amazing. We had a calendar and show him, your mom is leaving this day, she's coming this day. Like we were very concrete in terms of explaining to him the timing of all that. Marta Rockaway. And she's always telling him the truth in a way that he understands. I do this because of you. I want to achieve these goals and I want to 
show you all the things that I can do for you. So she explained that to him very well. By April 7th, 2019, the core of the upcoming U.S. World Cup team seemed pretty well locked in. But head coach Joe Ellis still had a few key decisions to make. The U.S. women were in Los Angeles for a friendly against Belgium. Julie Foudy, Joy Fawcett, Brandy Chastain, many of the famous 99ers were back in the city where they became legends, cheering on the current squad in the team's final game before Ellis would announce her World Cup roster. Jessica McDonald playing up front. We've seen how good she has been at the professional level with the NWSL. Foudy was in the booth for ESPN. Great in the air, she's strong, she's fast. And finally getting her look at possibly going to her first Women's World Cup. Jess entered that game against Belgium in the 61st minute, and the U.S. was in control throughout. In the final minutes, Kristen Press lined up a free kick well outside the penalty box. And Jess did what she had done so many times in the NWSL. She fought for space in front of the goal and used her height to her advantage. Press is going to clip it in towards the six. The header's going to go in. Jessica McDonald. And that is exactly what Jessica McDonald can bring to the game. So good on set pieces. It was the exclamation point on a 6-0 win for the U.S. women's team. The final goal anyone would score before Jill Ellis chose the final roster of 23 players for the upcoming World Cup. Jess headed home to North Carolina, back to those family dinners at the Rockaways, and those bedtime stories with Jeremiah, and the agony of wondering if her childhood dreams would ever come true. I'll never forget waiting for that phone call at 31 years old waiting for Jill Ellis to let me know if I made the World Cup team or not. We'll tell you about that after the break. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. My name is Johnny B. Good, and I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. 
You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world? Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the North Carolina Courage began their NWSL title defense outside Raleigh that April, Jess seemed to be driven by the momentum of those national team camps. Beautiful night, and we are ready to begin the 2019 season in the NWSL. She scored her first goal of 2019 in the Courage's second game against the Orlando Pride. That one knocked away, Rates McDonald, and she buries it for the second goal of the evening. Jess had spoken recently with her grandmother, Abby, and did her best to keep Abby's words of wisdom close to heart. I just told her, never give up. Stay strong. Don't worry about the team, anybody else. Support them. But don't let nobody take your joy away. But the truth was, for Jess, despite all the NWSL games and goals, the national team question was top of mind. Until that question was answered, ironically, at a doctor's appointment. For the past six years since Jess's knee injury, the one that could have ended her career, she's made an early season visit to her team doctor. By spring of 2019, the checkups had mostly become a formality. We both sit down in his office and he starts to talk. He's like, so, and my phone starts to ring as soon as he starts to speak. Jess told me about that doctor's appointment one day over Zoom. I like look over, it says Jill Ellis on my phone. And he's like, do you need to get that? And I was like, yeah, I need to take this. He's like, go ahead, you know, we can wait. And I answer the phone. I'm like, hey, Jill. As Jess remembers it, Ellis offered a few pleasantries. And then, at last. You want to hear your answer? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) She was like, you're going to the World Cup. And immediately, y'all, I'm bawling, crying. And she's still talking, and I have no idea what she's saying because I'm too busy, like, ugly crying. She was just like, congratulations. Like, go hug your boy. Go ahead and tell your family. I I remember telling me, like, this is, like, one of my favorite things about my job is hearing your reaction. And she was like... You know, you have an incredible journey. Totally deserve to be here. Congratulations. Once more, it seemed, Jess's life had changed in a doctor's office. She got a quick hug and a thumbs up from the doc, and he told her to go celebrate. As she made her walk back through that office, Jess was in better shape physically than emotionally. 
I'm like walking out of his office, bawling, crying, can't even catch my breath. And, you know, people at his office, one woman was just like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're okay. She didn't know what was happening, obviously, because I'm crying. And she was like, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. Like, you're fine. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I will never forget that day. Jess's first call was almost a given. Her grandmother, Abby, who didn't pick up. Jess later found out Abby was soaking in a bath at the time, which means the first person she told was Dan Rockaway on a teary FaceTime from the parking lot. Then Jess called her brother, and then Dave Cameron, back in Phoenix. And immediately she's like, ah! I'm like, what the, f- are you okay? I'm like, I'm thinking Jeremiah's hurt. I'm like, I didn't know what's going on. And she's just like bawling. I'm like, hold on, I'm leaving my office. Give me a second, you know? And I'm like, Dave. And he's just like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I made the World Cup team, Dave. And he's like, oh my gosh. You know, to deal what she's dealt with and, and keep her emotions in check, where I'll just cry about right here, she's made differently. And you don't see Dave. Dave doesn't get emotional. But you know, it's it was really important to him. He cried during the interview we did with him, just talking about you. Yeah. Uh, Dave's a huge part of my journey, and I don't think he realizes that, how big of a part he has played. Even if she didn't make it, she would be fine. She can deal with adversity. She can deal with those things. Those are qualities I don't understand how she got because she comes from a broken home and stuff that just doesn't make sense. That's why it's good to have unattainable goals. So you've like reason to get up, you know. About an hour later, Jess got a call back from Abby. Oh, your grandmother, this woman, she was like, oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew. And I'm like, oh, you did? Because I didn't know. I wish you would have told me. <laughs> she, she spoke with just so much confidence and I remember us saying a prayer on the phone. She said a prayer for me, and she was just like, I'm proud of you, daughter. She called me daughter, which, you know, I pretty much am. And so I, I remember those words coming out of her mouth. She's just, I'm, I'm proud of you, daughter. I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. You know, like God's blessed you your whole life, and you deserve it. And, yeah, we, we left it at that. It was, that was a beautiful phone call. A few days later, Jill Ellis held a press conference to announce the 23-woman World Cup roster. There, she said of Jess, quote, She's got a nose for the goal. She's fantastic in the air. Seeing her in those big games last year also made me recognize and acknowledge that in big games, this player shows up. The World Cup, being played that year in France, would begin a few weeks later. On the horizon sat everything Jess had given so much for, and Jeremiah had too, in his own way. As Jess told me the story about the doctor's office, I was reminded of a moment in their home and photos I'd seen of Jeremiah from a few years back. Those pictures showed him with a Carolina blue cast covering his right forearm and wrist. A testament to one of those tree-climbing adventures gone wrong. It was clear that as difficult as those past few years had been at times, there were lessons they both took from it. When he goes through hard times and he comes out of it, it's like a refreshing type of feeling. Do you remember when you fell out of that tree and broke your arm? Yeah. And you said you'd never want to climb that tree ever again. Do you remember that? And I showed you the scar in my knee, what soccer did to me. And that the doctors fixed me. And guess what I still do? You still kept going and played soccer. Exactly. And after you broke your arm, what did you do? I still kept climbing the tree and higher and even higher. You sure did. But where their journey would go next, not even Jess could have imagined. And on part nine of Payback. That was it. U.S. out of the final. 
Does equal mean identical or does equal mean being treated in a fair and equitable way? If you put that in different terms, a woman in the workforce needs to be three times as successful to make almost as much. And that just doesn't work. Thousands of people chanting equal pay. We knew that right then and there. This is something that's going to be global. I'm Alexandria. Payback is a production of the Charlotte Observer, Raleigh News and Observer, McClatchy Studios, and iHeartRadio. It's produced by Kata Stevens, Casey Toth, Julia Wall, and Davin Coburn. The executive producer for iHeartRadio is Sean Tytone. For lots more on this story, and to support journalism like this, visit charlotteobserver.com payback or newsobserver.com payback. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.